All right, welcome back to the Top 4 Podcast. Today is an amazing day because we now have official starting dates for all four major leagues. France has thrown in the, the towel as usual. They've waved the white flag and they've uh, decided to cancel their league or void it. But we now have official dates for La Liga, June 8th. We have June 20th for Serie A. And for Premier League, we have June 17th, 17th. 18th? 17th. 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 And that... For the most specifically for us, of most interest there, we will have the, the starting games be Arsenal versus Manchester City to start that game and get everyone back up to speed on their um, games at hand, and then I think the other one is Sheffield United versus Aston Villa, which actually these two games will have big implications on the table going forward. So it's going to be an exciting time. Everyone's looking forward to it. Um, everyone seems to be in the in the football world, moving on all cylinders at some point, or at least getting there. Um, so tonight we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about what we're excited to see. We're going to talk about what we've seen in the Bundesliga, um, possibly talk about some of the American starlets, how they've been doing, and um, we'll go from there. So I'm just going to go around the table and say, hey, guys, what's your what's your excitement level on a Podolski screamer in the top corner to an Aguero to Kerry Kane scoring a penalty in terms of the Premier League being back? And then we'll start with Garbs. Whoa, you got me there. Um <laughs> <laughs> I my exciting news of football for the day baffling Kyle Walker John Stones and Phil Foden all have the same birthday and that was today um, th- <laughs> really? that's insane like when I saw that three guys on the same team having the same birthday is kind of wild um, yeah so that that happened today no I've I've been following a lot I see almost every team back in training whether it be small groups or, or what it is um Pep left a pretty good message the other day telling people just because football just because football's back doesn't mean everything's back to normal. People still need to go about doing the things that the governments are asking them to do. Um, but it's nice to see videos of active training versus watching ones from months ago. Ted, what do you got? You got what's your overall expectations here for the last two games before the Liverpool are crowned champions? <laughs> Uh, think, fingers crossed it's one. Fingers crossed Arsenal do over City and then we can uh, beat Everton and all, all be well. Um, is that is that the, um, is that the dream scenario there, to beat, to beat Everton? I think it's not a bad scenario. I mean, looking at the points, now, I think there's some issues. We do play City, so I think I might be wrong, but it's close. Um, no, for me, I think it's it's less about, you know, getting Liverpool going again and more about just normality in stru- you know beginning and getting yeah. back to that because I mean you know everyone's everyone's looking for anything like people are watching Korean baseball people are watching the Bundesliga and you know people are watching worse things than that on the Ocho so I mean it's uh, I think anybody <laughs> getting back into it and uh, getting some sort of uh, release you know being at home every day you know doing as much work as you can but at the same time just wanting anything that could be live on television other than any sort of CNN uh, announcement, I think, is what anyone's looking for. Mr. Lewis, how excited are you to see the absolute machine that Arteta has created during the quarantine released on the Premier League for the first time? um, Marginally excited, (laughs) I'll say. Uh, (laughs) Marginally, oh. Yeah, I was... I was very excited to have the league back and obviously different games, but 
you know, then seeing, oh, Arsenal playing Man City the first game. Uh, it's a bit of a downer because I think they'll probably thump us. Um, but excited for some real football back and seeing some of the younger kids play, uh, Saka, Martinelli, all, all, all of those kids, you know. Going to be big for the future, and they've been good so far this season. So, going to take the smaller, finer uh, elements of the games and kind of look forward to it. Yeah, so let's start there. Kind of, that's a good segue. So, what do you think expectations are for your team for the rest of the season? Obviously, I know Liverpool, you know, get it over the line and then figure it out from there. City, what like Garbs? What do you think City's expectations are? Just secure top four, and I mean, I guess we've they've already. Uh, we'll get into the cup competitions here in a second, especially specifically the FA Cup. But um, yeah, like, what do you all think? What do you think in is Pep's goal here for the rest of the season? I almost feel like it's like a earlier starting preseason. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like where, because for us, I mean, I I don't think it's math. I mean, it's obviously possible, but we won't fall out of the top four. But that really depends on the investigation and all that crap in the summer, anyway. Um, so I think for us, I I. I'm hoping, but I don't know. Like, I want to see Foden get a lot of game time. I want to see Eric Garcia get game time. Um, that kind of stuff. Start working on things. Maybe playing some different formations because we we went three at the back for a little while. We get Laporte back, hopefully. But I don't know, man. I, I feel like it could be almost like an extended preseason going into next year. So you just hit the ground running right away. Do you think – so let's think about City. Like, I guess the Champions League is still happening, right? So – Will they basically play a lot of youngsters in the league? Or I, I mean, it's not really this. Pep's style to do that at all. So, like, mm-hmm. there were times two years ago when he could have done that when we had already won the league with five games left, but that, that wasn't the case. Like, he was pushing for the Centurions. I'm sure this year he doesn't want to fall out a second. Like, I imagine he puts his best guys out every week, and that's what he does, and People get upset about it. I do sometimes when I want to see Foden play and he doesn't get games. But, I mean, at the same time, I understand that mentality being a coach. Like, yeah, you can tinker with things. But at the end of the day, like, if you're not going out competing to try to win, then what are you doing? Yeah, initially, too, I would I would probably say that most of these teams and players are going to be trying to get back into form anyway. So I don't know if you'd be playing, at least originally off the bat, your young players if you're kind of focused on a primary primarily to win a cup um lewis we're in a little bit different situation in arsenal obviously we're out of europe but we do have the fa cup to look forward to and we do have a lot of exciting young players and we've also got a lot of question marks about even who's going to be here next year so what are your expectations for the rest of the season moving forward i think that what garb said that kind of extended preseason is a is probably a good shot especially for someone like arteta who is looking for people to prove that they belong and can stay at the club. Yeah, exactly right. Um, I think my expectations would be uh, Europa League, hopefully, uh, which pains me to say that's my hope. Um, And then uh, Champions League is a stretch. You know, we're not too far outside of Champions League places. If you manage to beat City somehow, some way, we'll be uh, five points behind Chelsea. Uh, You never know how the break's going to impact all the different teams. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of what I'm hoping for. Uh, if we manage to somehow not make it into the Europa League, I think financially it's a massive um, impact on us and probably trickles down to several years after that. So, Tadowski, what are we thinking for Liverpool? 
same kind of situation since you almost have the league pretty much wrapped up. Are you kind of looking to see what youngsters are going to – some formations, focus on the cup that you're still in, or are you even in any more cups? Yeah, I can't remember what Liverpool's in. We're in the league only at the minute. Um, no, after gotcha. supposedly the uh, Atletico-Liverpool game was a massive coronavirus spike, so there is that. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, looking at it, we're 82 points. I think we got, uh, what, nine games left. So, I mean, I think Klopp would want 100 points. I think that's definitely something that he'd want. Yeah, I think that's something goal. he wants to achieve. At the same time, selfishly, like, you know, I, I think the in Liverpool fan, we're always going to be somewhat somewhat pessimistic. And uh, until it's won, it's not won. But once we get the two wins done, I think getting uh, Curtis Jones some more minutes and, you know, Verucci, uh, Nico Williams, those lads some more. Some more minutes in in the team, I think, would be would be advantageous, even if it's only fifteen twenty minutes here and there. Um, but so he can kind of test the waters because I mean, he's he's been pretty. Well, the rumours out there is that he's not signing a backup right back to Alexander Arnold because he thinks Nico Williams is it. He's not selling, not signing a left back because he thinks Larucci is it. He's not signing, you know, a, a centre back because obviously we've we've got Gomez and he likes um, uh, Kajana Hoover as well, coming who thinks he's 17 or 18 years of age. So um, I think you need to see them play at the level because obviously this summer, the transfer window is very much up in the air as to when it's going to happen, how long it's going to be. Is it going to be abbreviated because of the, obviously France is, and France and Holland being done? Are they allowed to conduct business before the leagues that are still going? Are There's a lot of questions to be answered from that front. Um and that's kind of where, where where I stand on it. I think as a new as a taking my allegiance Liverpool out the equation, being a, a neutral fan, so to speak. I think the battle for fourth is going to be where I'm putting my eyes on. Um, Chelsea United Wolves, Sheffield United aren't separated by a whole amount of points. I think that's going to be interesting with the stop and the start tendency. And then obviously we looked in the Bundesliga and. Uh, Home teams aren't doing so well, um, cool. you know. So I think it's uh, it's it's wide open. I think I saw a rumor today as well that Liverpool's home games are going to be played at Anfield potentially. They'll be played at a neutral venue, which throws some other things in there and says, "Well, the city's the same." Like, there's a lot of interesting things that will come out over the next three to four days. I think that will be give us other kind of uh, soap opera storylines to watch as we watch. Uh, you know, hopefully, was it four matches in a row? I think. Oh, that that timetable yeah. is incredible. So, just for the listeners at home, here's the timetable the Premier League has suggested coming along for when games start here. So, give me one second while I pull it up. But essentially, we have we're gonna have Saturday games, twelve noon, two p.m., four p.m., six p.m., eight p.m. So these game this time is all British time. So if you're on the East Coast, this is seven a.m. 10 a.m. Just you do the math, whatever. Minus 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 five from whatever the time, the hours from whatever times I'm telling you. Sunday the same thing. 12, 2, 4, 6, 8. Tuesday 6 and 8 p.m. Wednesday 6 and 8 p.m. And they're I think they said now they're looking at putting games on Thursday as well. So you're looking at almost like some sort of football going on every now, dang second. What you're looking at is no productivity. Awesome. That's what you're looking at. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Good thing. Good thing we're in quarantine, and everyone, for the most part, 
is working from home because they're going to be looking at nonstop football in your face for the next month and a half. It's almost it's it's almost better than that first two weeks of the World Cup where you have three games on every oh, day. And it's amazing. Dreams. Let me ask you this. Not to take over your yes. role as, as host of this. Host host of this thing. No, you're fine. You're says, fine. But, uh, Go for it. Arsenal. As Arsenal fans, ninth position, 40 points. Fourth place right now is 48. Does what's happened in mm-hmm. kind of the Bundesliga table in, you know, as we we're at about two rounds, I think, right now that we've had since quarantine. Does any of it give you any, any solace? Does it give you any kind of motivation to be to really push for that? Or are you guys in a place where you just want to kind of see how players end the season in terms of transfers in, transfers out? Or are you guys still thinking, you know, fourth, fourth and fifth place is, is, is fairly viable? My, so Lewis kind of already answered a little bit of this, but I'll tell you where I'm at. So we're still in the FA Cup. So I think from my standpoint right now, Tough game, by the way. Again. Tough game. Chef uh, uh, United, yeah. tough game. Yeah. But, yeah, but still, I think it's still like if you had, a, if you had any other team to draw, they wouldn't be your worst draw in this case. But, yeah, it's still a really, really tough game. But, so I think I like, I like if I'm focused on anything, that would be one of them. In terms of what we're seeing in the Bundesliga, and I think you kind of already mentioned this a little bit, outside of, like, even La Liga, like, the top two teams are where they are. There's a lot of competition in most leagues right now for those final two, final four European places. I mean, like Lewis said, we probably need to get into Europe somehow just because of financial reasons. But I think at this point, if you're looking at right now, Chelsea, one, two, three, four, there's five teams between us and a European place. That means you have to basically expect five other teams to fuck up to get into Europe in the Champions League. So, Chances of that happening are pretty small. But on a, um, yeah, do his best. But you on can. a swing though, like I mean, you've got a game in hand, right? So you okay? Let's just say best case scenario would be City. Right? Forty-three points. points that would put you in a in a in a draw first yeah. six, mm-hmm. barring barring other results, which yeah. is European Two points spot. behind United. Yeah, behind United. I just think like as and again as a Liverpool fan, like I'm I I think we're in a good position, but like. As we've seen, I mean, there's a lot to be. There's been a lot of change since you know March 11th or 12th or whenever that that went down. I mean, I, I think the biggest fluctuation is going to occur from fourth to tenth, based upon pre- preparation, based yeah. upon just yeah, let's be honest, any sort of you know coronavirus implications. You know, Burnley have had a case, I believe. Maybe it's assistant manager, but you know, you never know where that's going to go. Um, I think it's going to be interesting. Like that's where, outside of my own, you know, allegiance allegiances. Let's put I it think this it's way: if I had to, to see that, if I had to, yeah, if I had to pick a team from Chelsea, United, Manchester United, Wolves, Sheffield, Tottenham, and Arsenal to finish fourth, I think honestly, I'd put Sheffield United. I'd love to see it, man. That would be such. I mean, as I would love to see it too. I mean, Leicester City winning the league, you know, a few years ago obviously was massive. But Chef, Chef United getting right. promoted and making a march for Europe, I mean, that's that's got to be up there with one of the most impressive, cam- at least initial campaigns of any team ever. 
Well, think about it. So we're think we already mentioned this on a previous spot. I think you actually read brought this up, Ed. Sheffield United basically plays a pretty pretty similar yep. team pretty much every game. They've gotten now the rest. They've gotten the rest, so that's good. Chris Wilder is very tactically proficient. He's a very smart and canny manager. I mean, look what he's already done with the team just in general this season um, from promoted side. So they have a really good – I haven't looked at their fixtures and run in, but they have a really good shot, man. I mean, Chelsea, I think they're they're easily could fall apart. United are United always at the wheel. I think Wolves are a little bit a little bit of false position with a plus seven goal differential. I have, I have their yeah. fixtures if you're interested. Um, Villa. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So I'm I'm predicting a win. Villa, but Burnley, is is. which is probably I'd go Sheffield United just because I think they got a bit more culture to them. <laughs> Leicester. <laughs> United, okay. big, big game. game. Newcastle. Everton. I was going to ask you if these are home doesn't or away, matter. but it doesn't really matter. Um, does the it? first, honestly, and they're not. I don't think they're in any sort of particular order either. Looking at this, um, I'm not entirely sure though. Um, United, Newcastle, Everton, Chelsea, Wolves, Spurs, Southampton. Not an easy run in. Well, so they're basically that's a pretty mini battle. They basically right play everybody. They're the fighting. Yep. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. And no fans. I think, and here's where, like, again, I think having the Bundesliga as a um, reference point, a lot of it's going to go down to, I think, leadership within, from a coaching standpoint. You know, like, you look at it, Wild is a charismatic fella. You know, you saw when they got promoted last year, he's the first lad down the pub with him, saying things that are fairly, fairly um, inappropriate <laughs> on, on YouTube. And things of that nature to where is you, you now look at it and you're like, I think those players will, will will go for it. Do you know what I mean? I think you're looking at it and like Wolves are the same way, like Nuno, same way. You know, United, Solskjaer is still fairly unproven, although he's been better this year. Chelsea's got Frank, which, you know, I don't think anybody will be more motivated than Chelsea players by Frank Lampard. Tottenham, we know what we think of Tottenham, don't we? <laughs> yeah, you know, Mourinho is a is a, a polarizing figure, shall we say? Um, and then obviously Leicester have got you know Brendo, who's uh, you know a very good tactician, and uh, I think is a a little bit hit and miss with the players. So, I mean, I'm looking at them like I'm not a betting man, and nor can I. But um, you know, Sheffield United being, in, I'd love to see the odds of them finishing top four. I mean, if you. If I you can think try about to look it, those up for you right now. Yeah, they have a very. They're like you. You mentioned Leicester a couple, couple from a couple of seasons ago when they won the title. Basically, Leicester looked around at this point last year or the, during that season and said, "All right, all we need to do is win every game one nothing, and shut down shop." And that's essentially what they did. I mean, Wolves or Sheffield could do the same thing, and like you said, they have a bunch of games around with people around them. So if you win those games, or even if you draw. Let's just say they beat Villa right off the bat. They're they're level with everyone on games played. They're already two points behind Chelsea. So I mean, there's a really good chance they could do it. I don't know out of those teams who has the easiest run in, but well, if you to back to your original question, I'm not saying Arsenal. I think we're a little bit too think, far outside think, right you now. You think so? Um, the last I don't round think of fixtures. So. Yeah, I think the I think the last round of fixtures was a big dagger. You've got so much um, qu- so much quality though in when, that side. Like, if they get if if, if they get 
and, and that's not that's not really taking the piss. Um, I don't know if you were no, taking a dig got, there or not. Got, there's no questioning the ability. Obviously, I think the back four is a question mark. I think you know you, Tieran, you know Tierney is obviously in terms of Scottish football and at Celtic, he's a legend and he's obviously a very respected player from that regard. But he's been injured a lot. He's now been in. He's played yeah, two games. He's, for he's, he's in a lockdown so, now, yeah. um, and his ability to adapt to the Premier League after that will be a, will be a question mark for sure. But I think you have got enough players to where is you're looking at a nine game season. That's what you're looking at. But I will say that the run in isn't yeah oh for sure overly easy. Uh, we've got Watford, Liverpool, Leicester, Norwich, Villa, Brighton. That's a good little three-game run. City, Southampton, Spurs, Wolves. So Wolves, Spurs, City, Leicester, Liverpool. All... Okay, so well, Liverpool <laughs> or Watford aren't going to play. Maybe we just put COVID on the back of the rest of the season. So that's every fine. player COVID. Uh. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I I always thought about this too. Is yeah, I think leadership you mentioned is a really good topic to bring up can you mentally put yourself in a situation where you say all right we got nine games left to go if you win every one of those games 27 points that puts us at 67 points does that still get you Europe? i mean it gets you europe i don't know if it gets you cheap sorry champions league but yeah i mean if they did it they did it and i'd be super proud but, i think they're a talented yeah, group to be honest with you i mean looking at last year 2018 19 67 points last year would have got you sixth you know, yeah. Well, we we absolutely blew Champions League by not winning one of like we could have. All we had to do is win one of our last seven games. And last year was such a ridiculous year. I mean, City win at ninety eight, Liverpool ninety seven. Liverpool lost one game last year <laughs> and drew seven, and that's the difference in the league. And then the third place team seventy two. Whereas, like, I think this year will. Like, I don't think we've got Liverpool have what nine games. I said nine games left. You know, I think there's no no chance, and I've said this all year. Like when you guys are talking about on this on the group text, us going undefeated, I said the whole time it wasn't going to happen. And I think now looking at it, us going nine games unbeaten after all that break with the way we play without a home crowd, I think is very unlikely. Um, and that's just the nature yeah. of the game we're playing, you know. And that's obviously I'm... Troy Deeney's point today, which yeah. I feel like he's. A... I feel like he's just uh, taking interviews at this point, but it's neither here nor there. Garbs, what are your thoughts? If you had to, if you had to take the, give us the betting odds, and if you had to take a yeah, no, four. that's what I was just trying to find the futures odds for top four, and I can't get them right now, so I, I failed in that department. No, I I'm with everybody. I'm I'm pulling for Sheffield. Um, that's who I want to see. And if not, I don't know. I feel so so odd on the Chelsea subject because, like, at the beginning of the year, it was like, okay, Mourinho's not there. A lot of the guys that I've hated my whole life from Chelsea aren't a part of Chelsea anymore. And it felt like a team that I didn't hate as much as I once did. And I was like, you know what? Like, with Pulisic there, this might be a team I'm pulling for, but... His saga is kind of weird this year. He went from not getting any time to then producing like crazy, getting hurt, 
So he's coming back. So I don't really know what he is in their plans. They just – who did they just pick up for next year? Uh, Zayek from – or Zayic from – Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ajax, what's his yep. name? Is, and so he? a lot of people are saying, yeah. oh, that means Pulisic is losing a spot. I don't really think so because it's not really the same position. But I don't know really what his future is going to be there. It seemed bright until the injury. So I would – like a part of me says, okay, I'll let Chelsea take – take a spot because of American hope, but at the same time it's still Chelsea. So um, Sheffield's who I'm going with and I hope that Spurs finish 17th. I do, I do have, I do <laughs> have the odds. that's mathematically possible. I do have the odds, by the way. Do you? Um, Alright, let's hear it. So let's start with Chelsea. We'll use English odds because they make more sense to me. The American plus minus system throws me for a loop, if I'm honest with you. Um, Chelsea are basically locked in. They're eight to thirteen, so you got to put thirteen dollars on, thirteen pounds on to make eight, which pretty good, <laughs> pretty yeah. pretty strong odds. Uh, United seven to four, so four on to get seven. Wolves are eight to one, so a, you know a, a pound on to get eight. Then it drops dramatically. Tottenham are actually head of Arsenal for anywhere from different betting sites, twelve to sixteen to one. Chef United are 12, 12 to 17 to 1. And Arsenal, bad, wow. bad news, go from 16 to 20 to 1. Mm-hmm. Um, some, yeah, for some reason, Everton right. is the next closest at 250 to 1, which is, uh, if you bet, it, it, there's a good opportunity here that if you, you know, put $100 on here for them to go and win and come to top four, you just need to lose $100. You'd lose a hundred dollars. Twenty-five k, baby. You just lose a hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, just losing Tottenham and Everton fans now for this podcast. Didn't need them. Don't need them anyway. Who cares? So that kind of, so we kind of like figured out what we're hoping for for this season. What do you all think next season looks like? And I'll include the transfer season in that just because of the fact that no one really knows what that's going to look like. Uh, we talked a little bit about this before with Arsenal Lewis. What do you, what do you think is going to happen at the club? Like a re, uh, re straight rebuild I, mode? I, I think, think there needs to be a significant uh, rework of certain areas of the pitch. Um, center back, I think Saliba coming in is good, but he's, what, 18, 19 years old. Uh, not going to come in and just tear it up to start with. So I think Socrates and Louise, hopefully we sell both of them, uh, maybe afford one reasonable centre-back there. Uh, central midfield, Xhaka is a statue, um, which is a problem. Uh, so <laughs> Thomas Party or someone like that would be good. And then centre-forward, I, th- I think we have too much talent in, in one spot. I think Lacazette and Orba, on their day are both very, very good players and we're forcing them into the team by putting Orba wide. I honestly would like to see us sell Lacazette, put Orba through the middle and use that to fund a central midfielder or a number 10, Who, which brings me to Ozil, who you guys know I'm a big, big fan of his effort level. Um, I'd love to see him go. So I, I think we need to sell four <laughs> or five, bring in three or four, use some youth to kind of supplement the three or four that we can bring in and go from there. I'm interested to see what that looks like just because 
I know Atletico, mm-hmm. for example, are super – they were interested in Lacazette last year. So maybe there is – I don't know what the transfer season is going to look like. It's going to be very hard to, I guess, buy players. I don't know how that's going to work or if they've maybe structured contracts with future payments or whatever. But it's going to be kind of a bad look when you say, hey, we're going to spend $70 million on like Thomas Partey or whatever. So I wonder if there might be a lot of swap deals with cash or something like that. So I could see something like that happening. There seems to be a lot of it does smoke and fire. I had my uh, uh, my number one player that I'd like so to that works, but see us by. We'll uh, so go ahead. Party Partey would yes, be go for you know, number one B. I know who, it, but number one Kai Havertz. I mean that man two. is something different. Um, to put him in behind, yeah, Orba would be unreal. On- Unfortunately, he looks like a generational talent. As as someone, I saw somebody on Twitter say, as an Arsenal fan watching the Bundesliga <laughs> and watching some of these young players and knowing they're already like way out of our price range already at, at the age of twenty one, it's like God damn it. <laughs> but he, that kid, is a stud, and we'll probably talk about him a little bit later. But um, I did want to bring up you brought up Saliba. Um, I did want to bring up a story I heard today from. Uh, um, the football ramble. So I'll give them a quick shout out. Different pod, rival, <laughs> rival. rival. <laughs> regarding Couple zeros him, missing. Um, <laughs> rival pod. Yeah. A- Andy, Bra- yeah. <laughs> Andy uh, Brassel and there. He's a big, he's pretty in tune with the French league. So he said when we originally negotiated Saliba's contract, so we bought him last summer for 25 million and then basically loaned him back. We initially said, okay, we're going to loan him back to you, but you have to do 30. He has to play 30 games um, or we're not going to loan him back to you. And if he doesn't play 30 games, we're going to immediately recall him at any time. If you don't think he's going to hit that, obviously he got injured and they renegotiated to said 18 games. So with league Un canceled, he's at 17 games right now. Yep. But here's the other thing. They're kicking off. They're trying to use basically the Coupe de France final, which is essentially the, the league Un's, FA Cup as essentially a charity shield to kick off their next season. And in the final is PSG versus St. Etienne, who is who Saliba plays for. So they're trying to convince Arsenal to basically let Saliba play in this Coupe de France final while also asking us to pay them $2.5 million because that's when the bonus hits if he, if he plays 18 games. So a lot of, a lot of good stuff. That seems like a little Sounds like Saliba may need a tight hamstring or something in the <laughs> yeah, next couple so weeks. Pretty, pretty hard sell. <laughs> exactly. But it's, it was just an interesting situation that the pandemic kind of brought up and how this is all, all gone to plan. But in regards, I'm actually really super interested in what you think City and you t- too, Ted, like, the top two teams in the league at this point. What y'all think next year is going to look like? Um, so let's start with you guys. City's going to um, losing Sane, which is you guys know that's a heartbreaker. Um, young kid with that much talent. Um, seems he's going to Bayern. The rumors have quieted down about Mares leaving because there were some early that Mares wanted to go to PSG. Um, which wanting to go there. If you're the type of player that wants to go to PSG, then I kind of don't mind you leaving. But I. I I haven't heard much about that in the last few weeks. Um, we lose David Silva, legend. Should build him a statue. Foden is the natural placement there, but, I mean, obviously that's going to be a little bit of a drop-off because David Silva comes around once in a generation. 
De Bruyne said he wants to sign a long-term deal today, especially if we get the ban reduced. Um, that would be massive. That's probably number one priority for City is trying to get a new deal done with De Bruyne. He's got two years left on his. Um, Sterling seems happy. I think if we add anywhere, we have to add – we have Eric Garcia, young center back. I don't know if he's ready to be that kind of guy. We have to add something else. Like, if I have to watch Otamendi play for another year, I, I don't know if I can take it. Top player, top um, player. Does he add a contract? Same forever. Uh, I, who, who do you – I think that we should take our both of our – City and Liverpool, the center back that we can't stand, and we should just put them on Spurs. a team that we really don't like. Spurs. <laughs> West Ham. I like, like it. I like West Ham. Up next year with. Oh well, I'm sorry. It's <laughs> you your own fault. Otamendi would kind of fit West Ham. <laughs> just shit, just sliding all over the place late. Um, no, so I think we need to add a center back, and then the other position that's always been like a, a thorn in the side for some reason is left back. Hopefully, Mendy gets back to what he looked like pre knee injury next year. Um, he even had some noise in the press which isn't a new thing for him but uh he had some noise in the Weird. press talking about him himself and how he just hasn't been himself in the past year and a half and that he thinks this break would help him do so that would be nice because we have kyle walker at right back is getting older but still i thought he had his best year this year i thought he played great this year um and yao cancelo and i wouldn't be surprised if he left um he didn't get a ton of games this year and I know Pepsi system, usually guys, it takes him a year to, to really fit in. But I wouldn't be surprised if he left. A lot of people said he was unhappy. Um, and if he does, no sweat off my back, really, as long as we get a decent price tag for him. But uh, I don't think we add much um, besides, hopefully, center back. Does, so you yeah, think he, he's, gone, right? he said it was going to be his last year with City. I wouldn't be surprised to see him pop up in MLS or fade into oblivion because he's kind of that quiet type of guy. Um, but this is his. So that's, that's where Foden goes. That's, in, that's always I'm been assuming, talked right? about. And that's been the natural placement. And Pep's always talked about that. Like what a better guy to learn from than the guy you're going to try to replace. But again, I think asking a 20 year old kid, what he'll be next year to replace David Silva is a lot to ask. Um, Bernardo obviously naturally can fit into that position too. So I, I think we're I think we're pretty solid gotcha. in the midfield and the attacking areas. Aguero's a year older, but Gabby Jesus, I mean, polarizing player, but I works works really hard and and tends to get the job done in a different way. Not not as pure a goal scorer as Aguero or as clean looking, but I think serviceable. Who's a when does City? When does City look for Aguero's replacement? Oof. I've or got that, just just the man. Maybe Sterling can Lack fill is that. Role. You can have him for a hundred for a, a hundred million. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I don't I don't know what he's gonna do with that situation. No, no, like I, we're I, I know, we're I know. Well, maybe will you take Otamendi uh, <laughs> cash for it? Um, yeah. Otamendi, Otamendi, and I mean, we pretty much yeah. have a shitty. Yeah, we have. <laughs> yeah, the sad thing is Otamendi might be a step up from what you guys have at center back. <laughs> at this point, yes, we will take Otamendi and 100 million. I put... So, who do you think? You think you're going to sign somebody? Um, 
course they are. <laughs> I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. I mean, come on, yeah. Now. Um, I'm sure we will. But like last year, I really wasn't expecting much, and we signed signed Cancelo, and that really wasn't a big deal. So yes. we'll see. Maybe Gabby Jesus. I mean, Can we he's go been back pretty... to uh, Eric Garcia? He's been okay. I think so. He's All right. It's like five foot eleven, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm that would yeah, concern short me. Guy. Set him yep. back in the Premier League. Every every game he's played though, he's been so smooth. Like I think what he lacks in height, he makes up for in intelligence because the kid's brilliant. But yeah, I mean, when he's on the ball. We're uh, bad. We're bad on set pieces anyway. Twenty. How old is he? Twenty. He's an. He's an exceptional. Fella. So this is like this is a great. This is a great time. Of, really smart kid. Yeah. He's brilliant. This is a great time though. Yeah. So I that's if I'm Pep. I mean I'm and obviously he's way smarter than all of us combined on this. But just I, from a if, from an Arsenal perspective, if I'm Arteta, I have questions about youngsters at this point. Throw them in. Throw them in. Who, you're going to get – it's actual real Premier League opposition, so you'll get to see quickly who – I mean, if, if, I'm Arte, if I'm Arteta and I'm Luis is out of contract, then it sounds like we're trying to make the Pablo Marie contract permanent. Let's see what he's got, man. He's going to go up against – like you said, the run is not – And that's, a, that's what, what I feel with Garcia. Like, the thing about Pep is he doesn't play kids in games that he could, and then he throws kids into games that they have no business playing. So Garcia's actually started some big games yeah. for us and done really well. Yeah. All right, Tadowski. What do we got at Liverpool? You just signing Mbappe nice and then calling it a day? Um, Timo. Timo Timo Werner, the more I watch him, nice thing I said on previous pods is I was concerned about how he'd fit in. Um he's got some extreme ex- What about like, got, what, I mean, what specific? What specifically? I think ultimately the German league is so different to the, the English Premier League, you know, in terms of just top to bottom competitiveness. But watching him recently, he does score similar Liverpool goals. He scores pullback goals. He scores getting behind goals. I think he could, can he learn to press the way they want him to press. I think he's got tendencies. He's very quick. He's sharp. I think it makes sense. I've seen lately that we're balking at the price. I think due to the coronavirus, old Michael Edwards, our sporting director, is like. Uh, yeah, 50 mil, mate. He's not worth that in this day's market because the market's going to drop. Shit, 50 mil. 50 mil is a bargain, I, think, I feel like, I, for a top. I think, top I think they're gambling the market's going to drop. But that's, go ahead. And I, and I, and I think it's going to. Like, I watched Jaden yeah. yeah. Sancho against Bayern, and I'll be honest, I'm a big fan of his. Yeah. And I, I'd take him in a heartbeat, but he wasn't very good. <laughs> you know, and I think it was a, a, yeah. there was a lot of middle third nutmegs yeah. that I'm not sure the game. He wasn't fit though. I, I don't think, think he was fully. I don't fit, think though, he was, either, but though, I think yeah. decision making is yeah, more of a question right. mark. You know whether that was the right right answer. But I think we need to sign. I think we need a couple because Shakiri is rumored to go to Newcastle if the if the uh, takeover happens. That's the rumor. Um, I like Shakiri. I think he's pissed somebody off to be honest because when he plays, he does well. But I think he's got that kind of mercurial type mentality that you know maybe doesn't doesn't vibe with the rest of the squad when it comes to the day-to-day training environment, but you look at him when he plays and everyone, you know, flocks to him anytime he does anything. So, I mean, it's an interesting one, but I think we need some, yeah. some reinforcements in the attack in the front three. Uh, I think we all get to that Mane, Salah, Firmino, get to that 28, 29-year-old 
age here in the next season, season and a half, um, which obviously is kind of peak, but then it's not peak very quickly. So I think we have to do do some bits in that place. I think centre back is. I'd like to see a big centre back sign in. To be honest, I think given us three quality centre halves to play. So I think would yeah, and then obviously Lovren's not really my favourite player in the world. Um, I think eliminating him from the group and getting a third in there, or mm-hmm. you know, he's the best in the world though. In his own, in in his according in his, to him, in his own mind, yeah. <laughs> um, the best of the world eleven. It's him. Is Virgil has has Virgil Van Dyke made a World Cup final in the last two years? Yeah, it's, it's actually so. um, Lovren, Lovren and Mustafi in the World Eleven in their own mind. Um, <laughs> other than that, like midfield yeah. three, I think is, we're in a good place. I think that's where I think Curtis Jones. I think I think it's where Curtis Jones fits as well. You know, I think yeah. Henderson's got two more, two or three more good years in him. When Aldum's kind of the energizer bunny for us, you know, I think for me, uh, sorry, Fabinho and. Uh, Milner's a machine. Milner's, so got, Milner's got ten more years. Um, I think I think Cater as well will. <laughs> this will be good for him because um, when he when he has his moments, he looks very very sharp. I just think he's got to get up to pace. I think this will help him. So honestly, I think we need to get a forward. I think we need to get a centre half, and I think we need to get potentially a utility man. I think someone to replace Milner. In seven years, when he retires, but no, I, th- I think we're in a good. I think we're in a good place. You know, <laughs> I think it's, you know, securing Klopp is the biggest, uh, is the most important thing for us. Just in terms of, let not really securing him, just more. He's made some comments that maybe like, I could see him being early retirement man. I could see that. I just think he's that sort of laid back, you know, kind of loves football but also loves having a life and having a beer and. You know, doing that sort of things. Whereas I'm not sure he's a uh, Alex Ferguson. I'm going to do this till I'm you know 70 years old type of man. I don't think it's, I don't think that's him. So I think securing him for the next three to four is probably one of our biggest priorities. That's an interesting point. I think that's I think more and more managers are starting to get like that. I mean, we still have the dino. I I mean, we consider I consider Mourinho a dinosaur at this point, considering just tactics wise and like how. How, like those managers, how long those managers have been around for? But yeah, I mean, I think if, I mean, if if Klopp comes in and says, "Hey, I won the Champions League and the league with with Liverpool," I mean, and he's like, "Hey, in two years I'm going to retire," and so be it. That's a pretty good career, especially when he he also took down Bayern and in the Bundesliga as well at Dortmund. So pretty solid. What you, I'm, I'm interested that you think the Bundesliga isn't when you say you talk about Timo Warner, you said that it's maybe not as uh, competitive, but I think I feel like from players signed from the Bundesliga in general have been pretty solid overall in terms of coming to the Premier League. From the Bundesliga. I feel like guys can go easier from yeah, Germany think... to the Prem than from La Liga to the Prem. Depending on the position, yeah. Dep- depending on the position, I believe. I, I, I agree. Think, yeah, I, I think. You know, I don't think you see a huge amount of centre backs come yeah. from yeah. Germany straight to straight to England and assimilate very, very quickly. Now forwards, I do. I think, like, I think for me, no, for me as a Liverpool fan, for me, no, when we signed him, I was like, "Who's that?" 
know, we're spending twenty eight and a half million on a lad from Hoffenheim right. no one's heard of. So obviously Hoffenheim weren't a European team, they weren't Champions League team. Um you know, it's one of those where it's like but then you look at it and it's hard for me to question our manager because he's done so well in a transfer market. Like the only thing close to a flop is really Cater and his his moments of brilliance, you're just like, Yeah, the lad's gonna be all right. Um and I think I think the positive for us is with Cater yeah, coming to Liverpool sure. is Liverpool fan fandom, shall we say, are quite well informed in terms of what football is and the highs and the lows and he's not under quite as much of a microscope as if you know, if he goes to Chelsea, for example. You know, you look at some of the the Kovacic rumours in the beginning and now they're talking about swap deals for Jorginho and things like that, and you look at it and like Jorginho's yeah. been fairly decent for Chelsea, <laughs> you know. Um, in a team that's probably their weakest in the past 10 years easily. And fourth they're still place, in, yeah. what What do we say, fourth place? Yeah, they're, they're in fourth. So, I mean, I think, you yeah. know, Kate is in a good place to, we're not, a, we're not really the most fickle of fan bases, whereas I think he will, it'll come right because I think Klopp's seen him at his best. And I think that's probably the difference is the experience from the Bundesliga he brings with him. But the transfer market's going to be, it's going to be very, very different to what we're used to, I think. For sure. All right. Well, let's end the first half there. I think we might be losing a member. Um, but we'll talk about the Bundesliga afterward, and we'll go from there. So, see you guys in a second. All right, welcome to the second half of the Top 4 podcast. Um, Ed and Lewis have left the building, but Garbs and I are definitely here to talk about the Bundesliga. We were pretty excited to watch this past weekend plus this midweek action. Um, And we know a lot of our friends specifically have been following along with the Bundesliga. I know personally I've had a thread just specifically with our friends that have chosen each chosen individual Bundesliga teams, so that's been really fun and the trash talking has been great because at this point uh, we all need some sort of live sport to follow. Uh, Garbs, you have similar situations going on with you guys? Exact same. Um, I have one other main soccer chat, and that's all guys from college, and everybody had their teams in college, and it was it was a weekend thing, and it's just kept on all the way through, and it's actually added one of the guys' younger brothers. Shout out, Tommy, if you're listening. I think he listened last week. Um and it's honestly such a great thing because, like, we get together at weddings and stuff like that, and it's just immediately one <laughs> one corner. It's just the footy corner. Nice. Um, so we've been doing that, and the same thing. Like, we, I know we pick teams on here, but everybody on theirs pick teams also, and it's kind of hilarious because guys pick teams very similar to what their Premier League teams are, and they get trashed for that. So having the banter back has been so great. That was going to be my question to you. So – have you noticed amongst like the Premier League following friends, have they gravitated towards similar clubs in the Bundesliga? Do you feel? I, I think a hundred percent. I don't. Uh, I haven't talked to a Liverpool fan yet that isn't a Dortmund fan. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> and of course, my buddy, who's a United Man United fan, jumped on Bayern, and it's like, yeah, typical. And he, his excuse was that he actually disowned United like four years ago. It was during. It was a great thing to see, actually. And guess who he picked as his 
new team in the Prem is Southampton. And <laughs> so, <laughs> and hilarious story, actually. This is pretty funny. He was in a job offer or a job interview like two years ago and the guy asked him he said tell me something interesting about you and he said well i'm a southampton fan and <laughs> turns out that the guy knew everything about the prem league and gave him like a legit southampton trivia question and he was like thank god i got it right because yeah. that could have been horrible <laughs> that's all yeah what are the chances you walk in and some guy in america is like hey yeah i'm a big southampton fan too like what? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome Dude, yeah, uh, no, so he picked United and he was or he picked uh he picked Bayern and he was like, dude, I have to see somebody win something. And I was like, okay, I understand that. Yeah, so I was for my friend group, I was kind of like the arbiter of semi Bundesliga knowledge, not that I know a lot, but uh I stuck with Bonchen Gladbach in that thread as well as like obviously I picked them for for the top four. But um so the guys who follow the Prem, both Liverpool Liverpool fans actually chose Schalke of all teams, which we'll get into. Really? So they're very Evertonian of them. Yeah, exactly. So their reasoning was, well, so this, here's what happened. My buddy Jay, who shout out to him, he'll be listening. Um, he chose Schalke because he like that David Wagner played for, um, yep. Played for the U S men's national team for like eight games. And then obviously they have Weston McKinney on them. So that was, that was a big issue. Like everyone pretty much tried to choose a, a team that had an American on it. Yep. And he loved that situation. So then he convinced his other buddy who supports Liverpool, Tory, to do the same. Now these guys are both DC sports fans, so on top of Liverpool. So like they have they've been having the great ups and downs recently with at least the, the great highs with the Caps, the Nats, and Liverpool of this season. Yep. But historically with the Redskins, which is where they all everyone kind of always reverts back to. <laughs> We're just like, <laughs> well, it's it's Schalke. So you kind of have that feeling now. Uh, one of my buddies, good buddies, is a Bills fan. He decided to just choose Dortmund because he just wanted to feel good about a team for once. So that I yep. get that. And then um, see a team play a pretty style for once instead of yeah. just nasty. Yeah. But he is super high on the Bills this season, so we'll see what happens. And as a Pats fan, I'm sure you're. We'll see. You're kind of like tuned into that, so we'll see what happens. But um, a couple other guys, one or one hipster friend, contrarian friend, chose FC Union Berlin. So that's been great for him. Got the first point this this midweek, and then uh. We got a Wolfsburg fan, and we've got um, a Leverkusen fan who – that's actually our one friend who, like, has had nothing – no knowledge of soccer whatsoever. And he's, like, been freaking all in now since Leverkusen – because they play good football. So it's been really exciting for him to watch and see how he's, like, so jacked up about. So that's been pretty fun. Yep. Anyway, it doesn't take I, us guys long to, like, latch on to something, does it? Oh no! Like, no, like you yeah, give me Bundesliga as the only live sporting event, and I have friends from all realms that are like, "Hey, you watch soccer? Who should I bet on today?" Yeah, so I exactly. got well. <laughs> That's the thing too. Is like, oh wait, we can bet on this too. Yep. All right, well, let's get involved. Let's do. Yep. Let's do this. Throwing a couple Americans, some interesting, some interesting like characteristics about each team, and for the most part, I feel like the football quality. If you've chosen one of the top half teams, has been pretty pretty solid. So. For sure, and I think everybody outside of Bayern has had their ups and downs so far too. Like it hasn't been a clean, clean sailing for anybody. Leverkusen looked so good first game, um, second game same, and then they lay an egg. Um, Leipzig yeah, to, to Wolfsburg, like randomly. like laid an egg. Yeah. Um, and then the same, like you look at like I I chose Leipzig as my team, and first game looked probably should have gotten three points, but didn't. Um, and then they look great in the second game, and then they come back midweek this week, and 
give away a penalty in the 83rd minute to, to level it. So it's like, uh, I feel like all those teams have been a little bit up and a little bit down. Mönchengladbach gets beat by Leverkusen, but then did they, they, did they draw they midweek? Smoked, uh, yeah, so they smoked – the first game they smoked um, – darn it, who was it? Dusseldorf? Oh, no, Eintracht I, I Frankfurt. So they smoked them 3-1 three, three, late, late goal in the 90th minute and then uh, for, for Frankfurt. And then um, they won the next game. They lost to Leverkusen. And then they, they drew with um, – Werder Bremen. Werder Bremen, that's right. They yep. drew with Werder Bremen. So, like, you, you – so explain, like, kind of what you and Ed were talking about in the first half about how, like, home teams have been not as great an advantage as usually what you would suspect. It's, it was crazy. Like, going into, going into Wednesday, I think home teams were, like, 4-17. and 17. And I don't think on Wednesday it got any better. And we're, we're kind of chalking that up too. Crowds usually motivate your your teams in terms of uh, if you're if you're an underdog, backs against the wall. Yep. Like maybe you you nick a goal on a set piece or whatever, counter and win a penalty, and then you have to defend for sometimes eighty minutes or whatever. But usually it's some some fifty five minutes, whatever it might be. The home crowd will help you do that. Or if you're the home 100%. team, one hundred percent. Or if you're the home team shooting for like an equalizer or a winner, the team like especially if you think of teams like Dortmund, sometimes that yellow wall will suck a goal into the net just from sheer energy. So that's kind of where what we're looking at in that case is right. For sure, I look at teams like last year in the Premier League, like Brighton, and teams that would just like try to smash and grab and just sit in for 90 minutes, and you could see like in the 75th minute at home, guys with hands on knees and dying, and you, like the fans just literally giving them the 10 to 15% that they need to finish the game. And like, yeah. that's just not available. Yeah. It's, it's, just, it's just, but yeah, like you're right. The, um, the actual crowd home field advantage is just not there anymore. I, I noticed, I mean, you and I were talking about a little bit um, within our own thread that the, 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 the pumping of the crowd noise though, for recently on, on, the, awesome. on, the, on the matches has been, great which is interesting i feel like americans love it i've seen a lot of my the uk footy followers do not like it at all they think it's weird um which is strange to me i think they're doing an excellent job in terms of like you mentioned what did you say the guy was like booing he played booing sound oh yeah no the guy who's doing the the reactions is is has to be having the time of his life um it was in the leipzig game when i was watching last weekend and Free kick given away right outside the box, and it was it was a cheap one. Um, guy totally took the ball, none of the player. Referee whistles it, and immediately you start hearing whistles from the crowd and booing at the referee. And I was like, for for a moment in time, like that's where I found myself all weekend. Where there were there would be moments of time where I would just think it was normal, like. Yeah when you didn't see that empty crowd behind it and you just were hearing the noises, like it felt like actual normal and it wasn't like echoing and weird yelling that you can't make out. Yeah. It, I think for me too, it specifically when it, I really caught on to it was when it's the little things where like, say a defender just cleans up a through ball that wasn't like really well passed, but he passed it back to the keeper. He would immediately like play clapping, which is like usually what happens at a yep. stadium, right? Like, so some, yep. some sort of like, even if it's just like a basic defensive tackle or whatever, like it was really well put together, and like you said, I think a lot of the the actual visuals watching on TV they're pretty tight to the pitch, so you don't really see the crowd anyway, and you can kind of pretty pretty easily, outside of a commentator saying something about like he heard 
somebody say in French or something, some other language, or he makes a comment on what the players are saying. Like you don't really kind of notice it. So it was, I thought for myself, generally the visual experience was, was pretty great. So anyway. yeah, like it's amazing how much that little audio for me improved the visual, you know? Oh, hundred percent. So I did want to answer one question um, before we jump into the actual games real quick. And you can probably jump in too. So obviously we've just talked about how a lot of our friends, American friends are choosing Bundesliga teams. They've asked me, how come or like they basically asked me how this is working in germany so how what it looks like from a standpoint where in america a lot of the leagues are kind of pushing forward this idea that for example the nba mlb or whatever are talking about playing games nhl playing games in like specific city sites and quarantining the teams to a specific area hotel etc or whatever um they asked me specifically they said how is it being done in Germany? Are they doing that? And obviously there's a little bit of a culture difference there. There's a little bit of a testing like availability difference. Um, so I did want to answer that question. So specifically what Germany is doing is they're testing. And this is actually pretty much happening around Europe now with all the leagues starting to open up, but we're testing players pretty much every other day, I believe at this point uh, for, for COVID they're saying, um, all right, as you come into training every other day, we'll test you. If you test positive, we'll quarantine you. We'll also test anyone that has been in contact with you. And I still think they're doing a lot of social distancing during training. But obviously, the availability of tests allows them to say, okay, I'm Timo Werner at Leipzig. I, or I'm sorry, wherever you, is he Leverkusen? Sorry, yeah, at Leverkusen, he tests positive. He was in contact with these three players and three staff members. They each test, and then they come up negative. Everything's fine. Timo Werner has to quarantine, um, and then that goes from there. But the players are still allowed to go home. They're not isolating in specific regions or camps or yeah. anything like that at this point. So that is that is the thing. I would say that when you think about a country like Germany, England, Spain, Italy, or whatever, their team travel isn't nearly as robust as what you have to do in the U S even if you just think about it from a sporting perspective. So like if you're just thinking about NBA, if you don't have to go from Cleveland to LA, you can, you can basically get on a bus and go there. So that enables isolation a little bit easier as well. Um, So I just want to let them people know, like they haven't had that question. And I know a lot of the world is looking at the Bundesliga and these soccer leagues is like kind of like, the forefronters and seeing or front runners and seeing how it goes. I think they've been in a fantastic job. And I think at this point, like they've shown the way forward, but I, I know there's different in different countries and different cultures. There's definitely a different aspect of responsibility and how it works. I don't know if you have anything to add there. For sure. I think country rules and things like that go a lot into it too. We're very adamant about our freedom here. Um, and we have such differing things from state to state and city to city where over there, it's a pretty general thing for the entire country. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's easier for them to let guys go home and do that kind of stuff. Whereas here, you can, I, I'm not making this political in any way, but here you could go to a place where there's no face masks, no nothing, people in restaurants and bars. Then you go to another place that's completely locked down and more of a hot spot. So it's, it's. I think it's differing in that because of what you said geographically, it's just such a large country here. So they, they're doing a great job. And I think that their footprint will work for the other European countries. I just don't know that it works the same way here. Yeah. And we've even already seen some differences between, for example, Germany, I think it's very cultural where the players are pretty much just, they go to training, they go home, they do, you know, 
and that's pretty much it. They're not really going out. Yep. We've already seen we've already seen the UK Premier League. Um, I think it was one of the Southampton players literally um, tested negative, went to training, came back like two days later. They tested him again and he tested a positive, and he said he picked it up when he went to like shopping in the mall. I, I don't know the exact player, but so that's a situation like I could absolutely see happening in the US, where like you said, we there's a high emphasis on individual freedoms or whatever. And like you, as, as you mentioned there, Germany doesn't have the whole situation with you have your Georgias or whatever it is that are opened up crazily. And then you have the, like I said, we're not trying to get political, but there's different situations, different States and yep. different, different rules for everyone. So everyone was asking like how that's happening in Germany. And that's just kind of like the breakdown for them. And yeah, I think they're doing it well. I think, I think we're going to see a lot of progress from there um, moving forward. And there's going to be some, a lot of great ideas taken from from a u.s sporting perspective so for sure anyway let's jump let's jump into the bundesliga so the weekend was pretty competitive um from the bundesliga standpoint and it was all kind of setting up for this midweek bash but before we get into those leverkusen beat glad beat Mönchengladbach, which was pretty much the biggest game of the weekend i feel yep on three three one um dortmund beat wolfsburg two nothing frankfurt hung five on or sorry Bayern hung five on frankfurt and then on Sunday, I, I believe Leipzig threw five down on mine. So there's there's definitely a lot of goals to be had at the weekend. Um, what was your big takeaway from from the weekend? Who are you? Who have you been concentrating on in in the league? Have you been looking at specific players, specific teams outside of Leipzig that you have kind of yeah? Adopted? I I actually I've I found myself I picked Leipzig, but I found myself a little more drawn to Leverkusen. Mm-hmm. Um, just from watching, and I figured that that was going to happen. Like, there's just certain teams that I enjoy the way they play in Leverkusen. They're so organized, and they're so good going forward. Um, I've enjoyed watching them quite a bit. Um, and I've also, I would say, outside of Leverkusen, Dortmund is always a fun watch. Um, it's a hard team to dislike, and it's always a fun watch. And watching Bayern, I just find myself so fixated on Davies at left back that I just can't take my eyes off of him. He's an insane, insane athlete, and just a real. He scored a goal at the, at the at the weekend too. So that was awesome. Yeah, he, and what I love about him is he's the kid is so humble. Um, he talks about it, and he said, "Yeah, like he was talking about the speed because they showed he got up to like twenty two miles an hour." Mm-hmm. And he said, "Well, um, he said often because I'm young, I'm in the wrong place positionally. So thankfully, my speed can help me catch up." So. It wasn't one of those boasting things. It was more of like, a, I have a lot to learn. And thankfully, my speed, I, I don't know. I just found his answers humbling. I found him as a kid to be that way. And it seems like his teammates really, really like him. Yeah, and we just have to remember, uh, listeners, if, if, if you're just tuning in the Bundesliga for the first time. So Alfonso Davies came from, was it Vancouver? Is that yep. correct? Or Yeah, yep, so he Vancouver. came from, he came from the MLS, was playing for Vancouver. Um Dortmund, or I'm sorry, Bayern signed him, Munich, and then he wasn't even playing, and then they had a couple injuries. Um, Bayern had already signed um, Pavard and uh, was it Enriquez. They, they basically had signed the top – their top two play, like top two signings of the summer were two fullbacks, and due to injuries, um, Alfonso Davies basically got, got a shot, and he's been absolutely lights out since then. He's developed a really good partnership with uh, Serge Gnabry down the – down the wing there and yeah it, all the Byron players love him like you said he works hard I think there was an, actually an interview with uh Thomas Muller about exactly I saw that just, yeah about exactly what you just said after the game against Dortmund and 
they asked him specifically about him and he's like Thomas Miller said yeah I mean he's naive and young in, in a good way and he's sometimes out of position but his speed and then he just did like the the road runner um yeah meet me meet like, yeah, did, yeah yeah that was great <laughs> it's so good and he's Yep, he was he just in place and he, I think he reached like you said, like almost like twenty some miles an hour, twenty two miles an hour and recovery's pace is just ridiculous. So they all the whole the whole team seems to love him. So good for that kid. Really crushing it. And you know, Alfonso, if you're listening, we'll still take you in the US if you want to come over. For sure. Like I even offered up uh, Austin Matthews, the hockey player for him. <laughs> he plays in yeah. Toronto. He plays in Toronto already, and I'm not a big fan of his, but a lot of people are. Um yeah. and He's like Mr. Hotshot. Like, we will gladly trade you him. Like, just straight up. <laughs> no questions asked. We, we need, we're very desperate for any kind of uh, <laughs> decent football player who's – and he's way beyond decent, so we'll take him. Yeah, well, we'd find a way to ruin him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, let's not get into that yet. That'll be a different <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um. Did anyway, you happen so, to catch the um go ahead. the non VAR in the in the Dortmund Bayern game? Yeah, the the um the Boateng penalty, right? When he, he he basically blocked it with his arm, correct? And it was pretty intentional when you watch the replay. Oh um, yeah, he he made himself bigger with his elbow. Yeah, and I have to say I watching in real time, I didn't think anything of it. Um yeah. but that's kind of what VAR is for, right? I, well, specifically, I, I'm, not, I'm not as familiar with German VAR. Like, I don't know if it catches the same kind of heat that it does in England. Like, I'm, I'm not aware of that or what, what their standards are for going to it. But it seemed pretty innocent in the moment. And then one of my buddies texted me. He was like, dude, that should be a, should be a pen and a red. And yeah. then I watched the replay of it. And I was like, holy cow, like, how, did, how does somebody not get in the referee's ear to look at that? So if I'm not mistaken, Germany was the first country to adopt VAR um, for a new time listeners. VAR is like essentially instant replay video analysis review or something. I don't know what the exact acronym stands for, but it's, it allows it stands it allows, for Liverpool. Yeah, stands for Liverpool, Liverpool. So it allows you to basically referees will essentially in the Premier League allows them to go to a essentially like a secondary site where they review it, and that's been a whole different shit show, but. In, uh, in Germany, they actually implemented it as the the referee goes to a monitor and actually views whatever the offense offense is, and then they they kind of decide on the. Play does somebody does it. somebody get in his ear to tell him to do so, or is it on yes. his own? Okay. Yeah, there is there is an official that says, "Hey, you might want to take a look at this." Like he doesn't he doesn't. But um. So Bayern might have they, the Liverpool guys that work for them. It's very true. It's very possible. I know in the very first season, which was last season, I believe, there was a lot of controversy, and after so the Bundesliga takes a winter break and they actually voted at winter break time to see like what players and managers and everyone thought about it, fans. And overwhelmingly at the halfway break, everyone hated it. Yep. Of, of course. And then, but by the end of the season, they kind of cleaned up a lot of the intricacies of it and had pretty much everyone was in pretty much in full support of it. And they've, they've kind of gone away from, I think where the premier league get, kind of gets in trouble is where they get super ticky tacky on a lot of stuff. Where the um, the German league isn't as ticky tacky, but usually I would have they're pretty good about it, and I felt like that would have been a very obvious situation to say, "Hey, we need to go take a look at this and call." Because it was like you said, if you watch it in slow mo, not even slow motion, like if you watch it not in normal time, but if you watch it in just slowed down motion, like he definitely makes his elbow bigger, yep. blocks the ball, and it should be a red card. And let's be serious, Boateng's not having a great season anyway, so 
that's you know very interesting thing. I'm I'm sure Dortmund can feel grieved, but in that case, but they were overall not very after the, outside the first like what thirty seconds when Holland almost scored in that game. Yeah, that was that was insane to start. Yeah, it wasn't very – Dortmund pretty much, I feel like, dominated 75% of that match. I don't know what your feeling was. Yeah, I think that, like, the guy who scored for Dortmund might be their best player and is probably talked about the least. Um, Kimmich is for so Bayern. good. Yes. Kimmich, yeah. He's so good. Um, good goal. I know Ted and Lewis thought keepers should have done better there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Dortmund's – I, that felt like a game where if they had three chances, they were going to have to take all three to win. You know, like yeah. I don't think they had any room for error in that game, and that's what it seemed. Reina got a late late appearance and looked fine. Every time he plays, like it's not that he stands out, but he surely doesn't stand out in a bad way. You know, and for a 17-year-old kid, your first season abroad, playing in a game like that looked pretty good to me. Yeah, he slots in really well to that team, and I, especially the way they're developing, I He's got a really good future going forward, and that's not a bad team. It's actually a really great team to be involved with if you're a young, young player trying to earn your stripes. Um, so we'll see what happens with them. At this point, I feel like just not only that game, but the rest of the the results and how they went around the league, um, pretty much the actual championships, pretty much done. I feel like after this. So if we look at it, Bremen and Gladbach drew. Dortmund lost to Bayern. Leverkusen got. Got absolutely smashed by Wolfsburg, surprisingly. And then um, the other team that was in contention, Leipzig, I think they drew 2-2 as well. So, yeah, they drew with Herfa. So, really yeah, – gave up gave up a pen late too. Yeah, so really like the actual teams that were chasing Bayern, all of them laid an egg. So, they kind of – so the table right now stands with Bayern up seven points on Dortmund. And uh, – but, but after that, the actual next few – positions get really interesting. We have Dortmund at 57, Leipzig at 55, Mönchengladbach at 53, Leverkusen at 53. So that, that's going to be a really good battle and what to look forward to, to yep. watching the next next few weeks, for sure. Let's talk about Schalke. Let's talk about Schalke. What, huh. What's going on there? Have you watched any of their games at all? Or I watched the first game against Dortmund, and I – said on this group that I liked the bet for them to draw and about three minutes in I was like I do not like my bet for them to draw <laughs> um it's got such an Everton feel to it doesn't it yeah 100 percent. like when I watch really? them play and I know it's the colors and the kits are pretty similar too and it's just like it has that feel like they haven't even looked a slight threat to score goals um and they just get ripped open at the back like I I I can't find anything that they do well. They um so they entered into the they came into the post COVID not having scored a goal in seven games, and they just scored their first goal this pat on Wednesday. But yeah, I mean they they have looked pretty anemic offensively. But yeah, at the back they've been terrible. I think that's why that I think that's where you look at the the Everton comparison too because they have got some big name players in there too that just haven't really produced managers in trouble as well. I don't know. It's interesting. What's what's been your your biggest surprise from a Bundesliga perspective, team wise or player wise, just for the last few weeks? Um this is gonna sound terrible. I honestly feel like I'm watching a li- a better version of the MLS. Okay. 
And all, all opinions are welcome here. And obviously, I'm gonna take the top. I'm gonna take the top four out of that. But overall, like I've watched some of the bottom tier games, and it's it feels MLSy to me a little bit. Yeah. Um, without the South American flair and diving and rolling all over the place, you can take that part out. But like physical brand of football, pretty direct. Um, yeah, I I haven't been overly impressed outside of like I said, Leverkusen, Leipzig at times, Mönchengladbach, and Dortmund, Bayern. Like those teams, I I used to watch those teams' games even on a random Saturday or Sunday when all the other games were done, flip over to Fox Sports 1 and catch some. But um, outside of that, yeah, like it hasn't really been the most exciting football I've ever watched. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. I mean, if you look at some of like – so, for example, I my buddy's an FC Union Berlin fan, so I just tune in a couple of their games just to like give him shit when they're playing. But, yeah, the games they've been involved with have been pretty, pretty brutal overall. Um, I think for me, from an impressive standpoint, I think Leverkusen's football has been pretty amazing just to watch, which we – I know Arsenal played them in the Europa League last year, but they weren't nearly as fluid as they were outside of this last game. So I think that's been impressive. Like you said, the top four or five teams have been really – Really pretty pretty impressive to watch, and I, I think you and I would be the first to admit we don't really watch much Bundesliga teams outside of Champions League, so that's been interesting to see. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I, I like I think we all kind of expected Bayern to win the title anyway. There was a brief yep glimmer of hope there, but obviously after this last midweek series, it's probably done. But I don't know. I'm I'm just excited now to kind of watch that battle the top three through six, and then see what happens with um. Uh, the Americans moving forward. Weston McKinney has been a sort of disappointment to me watching Schalke. Um, he just doesn't have much of an impact, does he? Yeah, he's, that's the thing. He, he scored a goal but last game, but um, he just – the game seems to pass him around. I'm not really sure what we're expecting his position to be. Like, is it a central defensive midfielder? Or is it just a straight-up six? Like, is he a, sit, a central midfielder or is he – you know, is he an eight? What is, and then is he – it's just kind of like he doesn't – he just kind of is – he's kind of good at everything but not good enough at everything – like at what right. he needs to be good at. So, right. And I think we we want him to be something that he's not, right? Yeah. I mean, ideally we would like him to be – well, I, I want to tell you ideally like I've got – I don't know. I just want him to be like very confident and I don't think – I don't think at like the highest levels he has shown that yet. And maybe I'm just being super – judgmental and microanalyzing his game. But at this point, watching him, I mean, I will, I will admit the first game he played against Dortmund and, but to be fair, it was Dortmund's second, it was second string midfield and they absolutely just played around him and it was, yep. it wasn't even like he was there. And yeah, I haven't seen too much out of him yet. Hopefully he gets better. But at this point, I think Gio Reyna has been the most exciting American so far and he's only played like 10 minutes. So. Yeah. I, I don't think that can be, Argued really. How's Tyler Adams been? I don't. I haven't been paying attention. He he looks. He at all? Yeah he he looks like somebody who hasn't played games in seven months. Gotcha. Um, Timmy Chandler scored on Tuesday. Kind of a name. Yeah, a forgotten name. Yeah. There's a couple. There's a couple old school U.S. I mean, I call them old school. They're probably still pretty young, but 
names from the past hex or past cycle that pop up every now and then the Bundesliga. John Brooks, like you said, he like a couple weeks ago he popped up. John Brooks, I thought, looked okay the other day. Um, Like if he's one of the guy, one of our center backs, I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he's probably better than most at this point, so. I don't know. But, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at from a perspective of the Bundesliga, what I've been most excited about. So, I mean, that's pretty much all I've got for you, man. Anything else you wanted to add in there? Oh, we were talking earlier. Ted was talking about Sancho and how he didn't love him. That was something. Oh, yeah, let's let's talk about Jaden Sancho. That's something that I picked up this week. And, like, I mean, tactically, technically, I am not at the level to make crazy comments on somebody I only played up until high school level. I do coach – professional sports but it's a complete different one so it's I'm not judging somebody on that but there's little things that I look for in guys and I watched him often he came on late for for Dortmund and when things don't go his way he doesn't do much for the rest of the team um I I noticed him giving up the ball and hands in the air and hands on hips and looking at guys and and not working off the ball to go get it back um I saw him lose the ball and just boom. All right, that's it. Hands in the air. It it, it was a very seemed selfish to me. Um, and if he's going to be one of those those types of guys this early in his career, you can only imagine once somebody puts the hundred million dollar price tag on him that it's going to get worse. Yeah, I'm interested to see where he goes. Um, obviously, he's been tagged to Liverpool, City. I think United have been. Interested. Yep. I, I feel like if United, if he went to United, he would absolutely turn into. And this is just me projecting, but I think he would turn into something like what we've seen with like. I don't even want to put him in the classes, Pogue, because I think Pogue was a way better player. But um, at this point in his career, but um, just kind of turn into like maybe what we like a Luke Shaw or something like that. I don't know. Maybe Luke Shaw's had injury problems, but somewhere who's thought he's a lot better than he was and didn't really amount to much. He's he's so, got the pace and he's got got the skill but it's it's almost like you see those guards in basketball that are dribbling all over the place and doing crazy stuff but never get anything productive out of it like it could be one of those. Yeah. Maybe what I'm also trying to say is if you ran into a Klopp or a Pep I think it would be a really big wake up call for him. So it'd probably be better for his career to go up against those two, like go to those two coaches and like an OLA or whoever ends up at United. But yeah, I wouldn't. So that's, I did some research on that because you asked me about it, like what, what his deal with city was. And yeah. it wasn't that peaceful between he and Pep. Pep didn't like him very much. Yeah. Um, so I imagine some of those things that we're saying and like what you just said it's has probably, already happened yeah. to him um, because people put city in the running for him, but I haven't seen a viable source have us anywhere close to link to him. So I think he's kind of – it was one of those. It was, like, better off to get this kid out of here now than deal with it later, you know? Yeah, and I think a lot of the – City just gets linked with any player that's got a high price tag yes. at this point anyway. Yes. So, yeah, I think – so I, I know that United is probably the strongest link. Chelsea's been linked as well, which I'm not sure if Frank would put – even though Frank's a young manager, I'm not sure he'd put up with a lot of that shit anyway, so – I don't know. Yeah, I don't, it's it's super interesting to see where – I think the Bundesliga is going to supply a lot of Premier League players next year, which is going to be really cool to see and interesting. Um, Werner, I think, is probably going to move where he goes. Liverpool has been linked, but with the taker with Newcastle now, I think there's going to be some big signings coming to their team. 
which I'm sure you could you could talk about for for hours on hours about the Newcastle takeover. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm interested to see what happens. Um, a lot of like Kai Havertz is probably going yep. somewhere. He's, this he's, was a great that, audition that, that, for a lot of young guys in Germany, to be honest with you. Oh, for sure. Like, with uh, nothing else on, all your scouts are like watching these games with a microscope. And I, I'm sure a lot of the managers even that like don't get a chance to watch games from other leagues because of the busy schedule. Like at this point in time, if you're kicking it on a Saturday morning, there's not much else to do. So a lot, I'm sure yeah, there's a sure. lot of guys that have been seen that might not have been seen, you know? Yeah, or even if like your scouts told you, hey, you should check out so and so on this Bundesliga team. Hey, I got nothing to do. I'm absolutely gonna like tune into this and see how it goes. So that would be definitely interesting to see. We actually we might see like a lot of um, lesser known players coming up and getting sniped, and maybe turning into some uh, stars as we go through. So, all right, brother, is that good for you? Good for me. All right, man. Well. To the rest of our listeners, we'll catch up with you next week. Just be excited that the football is coming back. We've got official dates. No one still really knows what's going on with the cup competitions, but we'll figure that out next week. And, uh, yeah, much love to everybody.